Good morning. Let's begin our service by singing hymn number 213. O God, our help in ages past, our hope for time to come, our shelter from the stormy blast, and our eternal home. Hymn number 213. scriptural will be given by Nancy from New Jersey. Luke, take heed and beware of covetousness, for a man's life consisteth not in the abundance of the things which he possesseth. And seek not ye what ye shall eat, or what ye shall drink, neither be ye of doubtful mind. For all these things do the nations of the world seek after, and your Father knoweth that ye have need of these things. But rather seek ye the kingdom of God, and all these things shall be added unto you. Sell that ye have, and give alms. Provide yourselves bags which wax not old, a treasure in the heavens that faileth not where no thief approacheth, neither moth corrupteth. 
For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. First John. Love not the world, neither the things that are in the world. If any man love the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh and the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Let us now have a moment of silent prayer and follow with the Lord's Prayer and its spiritual interpretation as given in the Christian Science textbook. Our Father, Mother, God, all harmonious. Hallowed be thy name. Adorable One, thy kingdom come. Thy kingdom is come. Thou art ever present. Thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Enable us to know, as in heaven, so on earth, God is omnipotent, supreme. Give us this day our daily bread. Give us grace for today. Feed the famished affections. And forgive us our debts, as we forgive our debtors. And love is reflected in love. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. And God leadeth us, not into temptation, but delivereth us from sin, disease, and death. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever. For God is infinite, all power, all life, truth, love, over all and all.
Let's now sing hymn number 391. Why search the future and the past? Why do ye look with tearful eyes and seek far off for paradise? Before your feet, life's pearl is cast. Hymn number 391. Welcome to the Sunday morning service of the Plainfield Christian Science Church Independent. We begin every Sunday morning here at 10 a.m. with our roundtable discussion, which is kind of a training session in practical Christian science. And we had another really good one this morning. So if you missed it, or if you'd like to hear it again, you can find it on our website, plainfieldcs.com, and it'll also be available on our YouTube channel. We have a Sunday school that meets at 11 a.m. every Sunday morning, 
And that Sunday school has its own dedicated teleconference number so that any child anywhere in the world can attend by telephone. And in fact, many of our students are from out of state and they do attend by a telephone. So if you don't live in the area and you have a child of Sunday school age, please call us. We'll give you the number and we'd love to welcome your child to our Sunday school. We have a testimony meeting every Wednesday evening at 815 where you can hear testimonies of healings and lives saved through the study and practice of Christian science. And at all of our services, we have a nursery for infants and toddlers. We have several websites, mostly in languages other than English. And we provide the Word of God to many people around the world in their own language. And we provide it all free of charge on all of our websites. You can download, print, listen, read, free of charge, everything that we provide. And it's all really, really good. There's a very good article that's featured on our English website that I'd like to recommend. If anybody's ever wondered what a true Christian science treatment is, there's an article by Mary Baker Eddy entitled Christian Science Treatment, which is featured on our website. I recommend it highly. Everyone is welcome here. And that includes all of you who are listening and participating from around the world. And now we will have the reading of a testimony of healing from the chapter entitled Fruitage in the Christian Science Textbook, which attests to the healing power obtained by studying the Christian Science Textbook. And that reading will now be given by Karen from California. Page 658. It is a testimony from Ireland. It is with a heart full of love and gratitude to God and to our dear leader that I send this testimony to the field. I had never been a strong girl, had always been subject to colds and chills, and suffered all my life from a delicate throat. Seven years ago, I had a very severe attack of rheumatic fever and subsequently two less severe ones. These left all sorts of evils behind them, debility, chronic constipation, and several others, so that with these ills, my life was often a burden to me, and I used to think I never should receive relief or help. I had also lost all love for God and faith in Him. I could not accept a God who, as I then believed, visited sickness and sorrow upon his children as a means for drawing them to him. I was in this state of mind and body when Christian science found me. 
A dear friend, seeing my suffering, presented the truth to me. And though at first I did not believe that there could be healing for me, the Christian scientist God seemed to be the one I had been looking for all my life. I began to read Science and Health and shall never forget my joy at finding that I could love and trust God. I took to studying the Bible and read nothing but Science and Health and other Christian science literature for a year. After studying the little book for about six weeks, I one day realized that I was a well woman, that I had taken no medicine for three weeks, and that my body was perfectly harmonious. The reading of Science and Health had healed me. The wonderful joy and spiritual uplifting which came to me then, no words of mine can describe. I had also suffered from astigmatism and had for several years been obliged to use special glasses when reading or working and could never use my eyes for more than half an hour. But from the first reading of Science and Health, I found that I could read in any light and for any length of time without the slightest discomfort. I am not only grateful for the physical healing, but for the mental regeneration. I rejoice that I am now able to help others who are sick and sorrowing. E.E.L. Cora Camp, County Kildare, Ireland. The lesson sermon for this morning can be found on page two of the Independent Christian Science Quarterly. Subject, Unreality. The golden text is from John. Labor not for the meat which perisheth, but for that meat which endureth unto everlasting life. The responsive reading, 1 Timothy. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God, which giveth us richly all things to enjoy. That they do good, that they be rich, in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate, laying up in store for themselves a good foundation against the time to come, that they may lay hold on eternal life. For we brought nothing into this world, and it is certain we can carry nothing out. And having food and raiment, let us be therewith content. But they that will be rich fall into temptation. 
For the love of money is the root of all evil, which, while some coveted after, they have erred from the faith, and pierced themselves through with many sorrows. But now, O man of God, flee these things, and follow after righteousness, godliness, faith, love, patience, meekness. Craig will now read. The Bible, Exodus. And God spake all these words, saying, I am the Lord thy God, which have brought thee out of the land of Egypt, out of the house of bondage. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Thou shalt not steal. Thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's house, thou shalt not covet thy neighbor's wife, nor his manservant, nor his maidservant, nor his ox, nor his ass, nor anything that is thy neighbor's. Proverbs He that putteth his trust in the Lord shall be made fat. Psalms. They that trust in their wealth and boast themselves in the multitude of their riches, none of them can by any means redeem his brother, nor give to God a ransom for him. Jeremiah. Thus saith the Lord, Cursed be the man that trusteth in man, and maketh flesh his arm, and whose heart departed from the Lord. For he shall be like the heath in the desert, and shall not see when good cometh, but shall inhabit the parched places in the wilderness, in a salt land, and not inhabited. Blessed is the man that trusteth in the Lord, and whose hope the Lord is. For he shall be as a tree planted by the waters, and that spreadeth out her roots by the river, and shall not see when he cometh, but her leaf shall be green, and shall not be careful in the year of drought neither shall cease from yielding fruit. Matthew And Jesus went about all Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, and preaching the gospel of the kingdom, and healing all manner of sickness and all manner of disease among the people. And seeing the multitude, he went up into a mountain, and when he was set, his disciples came unto him. And he opened his mouth and taught them, saying, Lay not up for yourself treasures upon earth, 
where moth and rust doth corrupt, and where thieves break through and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt, and where thieves do not break through nor steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. The light of the body is the eye. If therefore thine eye be single, thy whole body shall be full of light. But if thine eye be evil, thy whole body shall be full of darkness. If therefore the light that is in thee be darkness, how great is that darkness! No man can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will hold to the one and despise the other. Ye cannot serve God and mammon. Luke And he spake this parable unto them, saying, A certain man had two sons, and the younger of them said to his father, Father, give me the portion of goods that falleth to me. And he divided unto them his living. And not many days after, the younger son gathered all together and took his journey into a far country, and there wasted his substance with riotous living. And when he had spent all, and there rose a mighty famine in that land, and he began to be in want, and he went and joined himself to a citizen of that country, and he sent him into his fields to feed swine. And he would have fain have filled his belly with the husks that the swine did eat, and no man gave unto him. And when he came to himself, he said, How many hard servants of my father have bread enough and to spare, and I perish with hunger. I will rise and go to my father, and I will say unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and before thee, and I am no more worthy to be called thy son. Make me as one of thy hired servants. And he arose, and he came to his father. But when he was yet a great way off, his father saw him, and had compassion, and ran, and fell on his neck, and kissed him. And the son said unto him, Father, I have sinned against heaven and in thy sight, and am no more worthy to be called thy son. But the father said to his servants, Bring forth the best robe and put it on him, and put a ring on his hand and shoes on his feet, and bring the fatted calf and kill it, and let us eat and be merry. For this my son was dead and is alive again. He was lost and is found. 
Luke. And it came to pass that when Jesus was returned, the people gladly received him, for they were all waiting for him. And a woman, having an issue of blood twelve years, which had spent all her living upon physicians, neither could be healed of any, came behind him and touched the border of his garment, and immediately her issue of blood staunched. And Jesus said, Who touched me? When all denied, Peter and they that were with him said, Master, the multitude throng thee and press thee, and sayest thou, Who touched me? And Jesus said, Somebody hath touched me, for I perceive that virtue has gone out of me. And when the woman saw that she was not hid, she came trembling, and falling down before him, she declared unto him before all the people for what cause she had touched him, and how she was healed immediately. And he said unto her, Daughter, be of good comfort. Thy faith hath made thee whole. Go in peace. Isaiah, thou will keep him in perfect peace, whose mind is stayed on thee, because he trusteth in thee. Trust ye in the Lord forever, for in the Lord Jehovah is everlasting strength. Carol will now read. I will read correlative passages from the Christian Science textbook, Science and Health with Key to the Scriptures, by Mary Baker Eddy. Nothing is lost and all is won by a right estimate of what is real. All reality is in God and his creation, harmonious and eternal. That which he creates is good, and he makes all that is made. Step by step will those who trust him find that God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in trouble. Matter and its claims of sin, sickness, and death are contrary to God and cannot emanate from him. There is no material truth. The physical senses can take no cognizance of God and spiritual truth. Human belief has sought out many inventions, but not one of them can solve the problem of being without the divine principle of divine science. Deductions from material hypotheses are not scientific. They differ from real science because they are not based on divine law. Divine science reverses the false testimony of the material senses and thus tears away the foundations of error. Hence, the enmity between science and the senses, 
and the impossibility of attaining perfect understanding till the errors of sense are eliminated. Purse, laying up treasures in matter, error. The first idolatry was faith in matter. The schools have rendered faith in drugs the fashion rather than faith in deity. By trusting matter to destroy its own discord, health and harmony have been sacrificed. Such systems are barren of the vitality of spiritual power by which material sense is made the servant of science and religion becomes Christ-like. Material medicine substitutes drugs for the power of God, even the might of mind, to heal the body. Scholasticism clings for salvation to the person instead of to the principle of the man Jesus. And his science, the curative agent of God, is silenced. Why? because truth divests material drugs of their imaginary power and clothes spirit with supremacy. When the discoverer of Christian science is consulted by her followers as to the propriety, advantage, and consistency of systematic medical study, she tries to show them that under ordinary circumstances, a resort to faith in corporeal means tends to deter those who make such compromise from entire confidence in omnipotent mind as already possessing all power. If we trust matter, we distrust spirit. God never ordained a material law to annul the spiritual law. If there were such a material law, it would oppose the supremacy of spirit, God, and impugn the wisdom of the Creator. Jesus walked on the waves, fed the multitude, healed the sick, and raised the dead in direct opposition to material laws. His acts were the demonstration of science, overcoming the false claims of material sense or law. Science shows that material, conflicting, mortal opinions and beliefs emit the effects of error at all times. But this atmosphere of mortal mind cannot be destructive to morals and health when it is opposed promptly and persistently by Christian science. Truth and love antidote this mental miasma and thus invigorate and sustain existence. Unnecessary knowledge gained from the five senses is only temporal. The conception of mortal mind, the offspring of sense, not of soul, spirit, and symbolizes all that is evil and perishable. The erring human mind is inharmonious in itself. From it arises the inharmonious body. 
To ignore God as of little use in sickness is a mistake. Instead of thrusting him aside in times of bodily trouble and waiting for the hour of strength in which to acknowledge him, we should learn that he can do all things for us in sickness as in health. Take away wealth, fame, and social organizations which weigh not one jot in the balance of God, and we get clearer views of principle. Break up cliques, level wealth with honesty, let worth be judged according to wisdom, and we get better views of humanity. To all that is unlike unerring and eternal mind, this mind saith, Thou shalt surely die. And elsewhere, the scripture says that dust returns to dust. The non-intelligent relapses into its own unreality. Matter never produces mind. The immortal never produces the mortal. Good cannot result in evil. As God himself is good, and his spirit, goodness and spirituality must be immortal. Their opposites, evil and matter, are mortal error, and error has no creator. If goodness and spirituality are real, evil and materiality are unreal and cannot be the outcome of an infinite God-good. If we understood the control of mind over body, we should put no faith in material means. Whatever teaches man to have other laws and to acknowledge other powers than the divine mind is anti-Christian. The good that a poisonous drug seems to do is evil, for it robs man of reliance on God omnipotent mind, and according to belief, poisons the human system. You command the situation if you understand that mortal existence is a state of self-deception and not the truth of being. Mortal mind is constantly producing on mortal body the results of false opinions and it will continue to do so until mortal error is deprived of its imaginary powers by truth, which sweeps away the gossamer web of mortal illusion. The confidence inspired by science lies in the fact that truth is real and error is unreal. Error is a coward before truth. When we come to have more faith in the truth of being than we have in error, more faith in spirit than in matter, more faith in living than in dying, more faith in God than in man, then no material suppositions can prevent us from healing the sick and destroying error.
Let's now have a moment of silent prayer for our world. Let's now sing hymn number 253. The words of this hymn are by Mary Baker Eddy. O'er waiting harp strings of the mind, there sweeps a strain, low, sad, and sweet, whose measures bind the power of pain and wake a white-winged angel throng of thoughts, illumined by faith and breathed in raptured song, with love perfumed. Hymn number 253.
Let's now sing hymn number 199. Now thank we all our God with grateful hearts and voices who wondrous things hath done in whom the world rejoices who from the days of yore hath blessed us on our way with countless gifts of love and still is ours today. Hymn number 199. I will read from the Christian Science textbook, the scientific statement of being and the correlative passages from 1 John 3rd chapter. There is no life, truth, intelligence, nor substance in matter, or its infinite mind and its infinite manifestation, for God is all in all. Spirit is immortal truth. Matter is mortal error. Spirit is the real and eternal. Matter is the unreal and temporal. Spirit is God 
and man is his image and likeness. Therefore, man is not material, he is spiritual. Behold, what manner of love the Father hath bestowed upon us, that we should be called the sons of God. Therefore, the world knoweth us not, because he knew him not. Beloved, now are we the sons of God, and it doth not yet appear what we shall be. But we know that when he shall appear, we shall be like him, for we shall see him as he is. And every man that had this hope in him purified himself, even as he is pure. Proverbs. Every word of God is pure. He is a shield unto them that put their trust in him. Amen. Mm-hmm.